as part of this decision, I will sign right now in front of a lot of witnesses. A lot. A lot of witnesses. A message asking the Senate to discontinue the treaty ratification process and to return the now rejected treaty right back to me in the Oval Office where I will dispose of it. By taking these actions, we are reaffirming that American liberty is sacred and that American citizens live by American laws, not the laws of foreign countries. Thank you. the pen. Can you believe these people? Should I give it to them? Famous pen. As we protect gun rights for law-abiding citizens, we are also getting guns out of the hands of violent criminals. When I took office two years ago, one of my highest priorities was to reduce violent crime. In the two years before my inauguration, the murder rate had increased by more than 20%, and the United States had experienced the largest increase in violent crime in over 25 years. For this reason, my administration resurrected Project Safe Neighborhoods, bringing together prosecutors, police, sheriffs, and citizens groups to put the most dangerous offenders behind bars. We funded 200 new violent crime prosecutors. We charged a record number of criminal offenders. And last year, we prosecuted the most violent criminals ever in our history. And now, Violent crime is way down. Murders in America's largest cities dropped by 6% between 2017 and 2018. But I do have to ask you, what the hell is going on in Chicago? What is going on? We could solve that problem. We would have been down even a lot more. And it's not a tough problem to solve. You got to let law enforcement do what they have to do. They'll solve the problem very quickly. Very quickly. We don't think enough about the victims. They're too worried about the people that caused the crime. It's got to stop. 
That thought process is no good. The number of police officers shot and killed in the line of duty last year, I'm so happy to report, is down 21% compared to the year before. And that was the year before I took office. One of the reasons is that we are supplying police with surplus military equipment, supplies and gears that the previous administration refused to give up. This is surplus. This is extra. We don't need it. Great equipment sitting in warehouses all over the country. Billions of dollars of equipment that the military no longer needs or wants or uses, but the top of the line. Some of it's never been used brand new. From vehicles to essentially supplies of all kinds, including bulletproof vests. And rather than having it sit and draw dust, I had it distributed all over the country to our police departments. And that's why you see these numbers. Uh, it's a great thing. You know, a lot of being president is common sense, right? Don't you think, right? It's common sense. Have a good heart, but it's common sense. In this administration, we will always stand with the heroes of law enforcement. They're heroes. They're brave. They're great. And they will tell you they haven't felt so proud of themselves for many years because they were abandoned by Washington. They were abandoned by our politicians. And not just the Obama administration. Before that, they felt abandoned. Well, they know that I love them, and we're going to protect them just like they protect us. Incredible people, great people. We've also taken critical steps to improve school safety. More than 30 states now allow teachers that are highly trained, highly trained, talented people, to carry guns in the classroom to protect themselves and to protect their students who they love. Who's better? Who's better? I've been calling for that for the last two years, and I think we had a big impact. Some legislation's passed, and they don't have that few paragraphs. And the legislators actually go back to governors and say, we're not passing it unless you allow that to happen. So we've come a long way. But who's better to protect our students than the teachers that love them? Through Stop School Violence Grants, we are helping local schools and police departments to hire more officers, train more teachers, and address early warning signs of mental illness. Every day, citizens across America exercise their constitutional right to defend themselves, their families, and their communities. That's a constitutional right. They want to take it away from you. They will take it away. You let these maniacs get into office, they will take that right away. I mean, you see what's going on. 
Let the Boston bomber vote. He should be voting, right? I don't think so. Let terrorists that are in prison vote. I don't think so. Can you believe it? But this is where some of these people are coming from. And they're the most popular ones. When Bernie Sanders made certain statements the other day, I said, well, that's the end of his campaign. Then what happened is everybody agreed with him, or most of them. We know that the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Then to use a phrase that you've probably heard a thousand times. But what's a better phrase than that? We can't do better. How simple is that? Today, I want to give a few of these brave citizens a chance to share their stories directly with the American people. A lot of television back there. Of course, when I start going after them, you watch those red lights go off. They don't want any part of it. They turn those lights, then they come back. They need the ratings. They come back. In fact, at a certain point, I think they'll probably all endorse me. Because would they be dead without me? Can you imagine? Can you imagine having some nice, boring person get up here? Well, they wouldn't be up here. They would be as far away from you as possible. April Evans joins us from Virginia. One night in 2015, she was home alone with her two-year-old daughter when an intruder broke into her home violently. April took care of it. April, please come up. Please, April. officer and he works night shift. One night he was at work and my daughter and I were home alone. Someone started banging so hard on the door it broke in two places. He demanded that I let him in. I called 911 and I went to my room to get the gun. I heard a loud crash and when I came out to the hallway to see, he was running towards me with a look in his eyes that I'll never forget. I shot him twice and I held him at gunpoint until the police arrived. something that changed my life. I've never been more afraid, but I've been standing strong and I've told my story again and again because with each person I told, they stood a little taller knowing that if I could protect myself and my family, that they could too. Protecting my family would not be possible without the right to bear arms. It's an issue that's obviously close to my heart. If these rights have been taken from us, I may not be standing here today and I may not have a healthy now six-year-old daughter. I'd like to thank you, Mr. President, for your unapologetic stance on our right to bear arms. I truly believe those rights saved my life and the life of my daughter that night. Thank you.
Thank you, April. She was able to defend herself. Also with us is Mark Vaughn, who owns a meat processing plant in Oklahoma. When an employee began attacking co-workers with a knife, viciously and violently, Mark drew his gun and ended the assault immediately, saving countless innocent lives. Mark, please come up. Thank you, Mr. President. Welcome all. I got a call late one Thursday afternoon while sitting at my office, a frantic call from our customer service group, said an attacker with a knife was victimizing people in, in our office. I ran to my vehicle, ran the 100 yards to the other end of our complex. It was a very chaotic scene. Screaming, crying, blood everywhere. I immediately entered the building, ran down a hall, I, I immediately entered a building, ran down a hallway, and saw a man attacking a woman in the neck and head with a large knife. I yelled, he stopped, paused for a moment, and ran at full speed toward me. At about 18 feet, I fired three rounds for my AR-15 carbine. immediately incapacitating the subject. He was a determined attacker. Unbeknownst to me, moments before he had decapitated a coworker and had targeted several others in our operation to be attacked that day. I was able to take that action because I had a gun and I was prepared to use it. These are central missions of the NRA. And I thank you, Yonray, for that and everyone here. We have but one true thing, one true mission before us today, and that's to come together like we never have before, to preserve our foundational freedom to bear arms in the defense of ourselves, those we love, those we seek to protect, and most importantly, our liberty. Lastly, I'd like to express gratitude. No other president in our lifetime has stood with us so strongly in defense of our Second Amendment rights. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Great job. Thank you. Finally, Stephen Willifort joins us from Sutherland Springs, Texas, great state of Texas, where a mass shooter opened fire at the First Baptist Church. You all read about it. In November 2017, taking many Innocent lives, wonderful, wonderful people. Stephen heroically risked his life to bring the horrible violence to an end. Stephen, 
Please come up and say a few words. I would like to thank first the NRA for this opportunity, and then I would like to thank our president for this opportunity. On November 5th, 2017, I was home because I normally started, I was gonna start my on-call at the hospital where I work as an emergency plumber during on-call and could be called a lot. So I stayed home from church that day because I wanted to get rest wasn't to happen. My daughter came into my bedroom and said, Dad, doesn't that sound like gunfire to you? I ran to my window thinking it was someone tapping at the window and she said, no, come into the kitchen, where I immediately said, it is gunfire. My daughter was an NRA distinguished expert when she was eight years old. All three of my children my other daughter and my son were NRA distinguished experts by the time they were eight years old. I was an NRA instructor. I ran to my safe and my daughter ran outside, ran out to her car, got in the car and ran reconnaissance for me. She ran up to the corner and came back while I was getting a gun out of my safe and loading it, and she said, Dad, there's a man in black tactical gear shooting up the church. And I said, did you call 911? She said, I did. They're aware of it. Right away, that told me police were coming, but I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. Our police department in Wilson County is some of the best officers in this world, and they were racing as fast as they could. But my community couldn't wait for them. I ran out the door and I told my daughter to load another magazine for me because I gave her busy work. I didn't want her to be there if I, if I failed. And I didn't want her to be there for a target for him. The Holy Spirit took over me at that moment and as I ran across the street, I yelled out. The gunman heard me inside. So did some of the people from the church. So did my own daughter. He came running out of the church and started shooting at me. I put two shots, center mass. He stopped shooting at me, ran to his vehicle. The two shots, center mass, he had class three body armor on. They made no difference. But when he ran and turned around his door to his vehicle, I put one in his side and one in his legs. He got in his vehicle, he put two more shots through the side window. I put one where I perceived his head to be and shot through the window. He took off and ran away down the street and I'm thinking, oh my God, he's getting away. I ran out into the street, took one more shot that went through his back window, penetrated the driver's side seat and hit him just right of the left shoulder blade. He continued to run. I met up with a man that was just parked and watched the whole thing and everybody in this world would have just driven on. But this is Texas. We aren't known for our sanity. <laughs> I found out later his name is Johnny. 
and I got in the truck with Johnny and we gave chase. And at the end, the gunman being the coward that he was, took his own life. Inside the church were more heroes than we can even talk about in a limited amount of time. But I'm here today to talk about the fact that I used my own AR-15 to confront a shooter that had dropped 15 30-round magazines in my church. He murdered 26 people and injured 20 more. There were only seven people that walked out of that church without a gunshot wound. If it were not for our Second Amendment rights, and the right to carry an AR-15, the same style gun that he had, then I would have been outgunned myself. And if it were not for God covering me and protecting me, I would not have been successful that day. I wanna thank the NRA for being relentless in protecting our Second Amendment rights. And I would like to thank this president for defending the Second Amendment. And I would like to say today, he says, make America great again. And he's including you. You will make America great again with him. But he needs you, he needs your vote. And if you do not get out there and vote for this man, then it's on you. Thank you very much to the NRA and thank you for President Donald Trump. Thank you. Thank you. Can't say it better than that. But I want to thank you all for your courage, because you're really living proof that law-abiding gun owners make a tremendous, tremendous difference. Tremendous difference. You know, Paris, France, they say has the strongest gun laws in the world. And you remember those maniacs when they went into the nightclub. I use this example. There are many examples. But they shot one person, another person, another person, another person. Hundreds of people dead and horribly wounded to this day. That was five years ago. If there was one gun being carried by one person on the other side, it very well could have been a whole different result. The shooting went on so long, and there wasn't a thing you could do about it. Get over here, boom. Get over here, boom. And then they left. They were captured later. If there was only one gun, if there were two, three, four, it wouldn't have happened. Tiny percentage by comparison. But it probably wouldn't have happened because the cowards would have known there are people in there having guns. It wouldn't have happened. So 
people don't really understand the other side of the argument. I have the debate a lot, and I win the debate all the time. And the next day, you see the same person who was so badly defeated in the debate going out and saying the same thing. Even though he or she, I really believe, know that you can't justify their side of the argument. So gun owners make our communities safer, and they make our nation stronger. Americans have always understood this truth going back to the earliest days of our nation. Two months before the American Revolution broke out with the shot heard round the world, a group of patriots gathered along a bridge in Salem, Massachusetts. In the preceding months, British soldiers had confiscated muskets in Boston. You know the story well. Gunpowder was seized in Somerville, and the Patriots in Salem knew that the Redcoats would soon come for the town's cannons. But the Americans were prepared. They already loved our country, and they were determined to defend their rights to the death. When hundreds of British soldiers arrived at the bridge, the Americans stood firm, blocking their path. When swords were drawn, they didn't flinch. When the Redcoats tried to steal American boats, the Patriots sank those boats and sank them very quickly. When a British soldier held the tip of his bayonet against a man's chest, that man Joseph Witcher tore open his shirt and dared him to do his worst. Soon the crowd grew larger as civilians came from miles around to stand side by side with their great countrymen against tyranny. In the face of such unbreakable resolve, the King's soldiers had no choice but to admit defeat and failure and retreat. In the courageous actions of those early Americans, we see the defiant and determined spirit of patriotism that has always willed America to its greatest victories. It is a spirit that is passed down from generation to generation, from fathers and mothers to sons and daughters. It is the spirit that lives in each and every one of you. Our duty, our responsibility, our sacred charge is to preserve the freedoms that our ancestors gave their very lives to secure. Because no matter how many centuries go by, no matter how much the world changes, the central drama of human history remains the same. On one side are those who seek power, control, and domination. And on the other side are patriots like those in this hall who stand upright and plant their feet in eternal defense of our liberty. And with God as our witness, we swear today that we will defend our rights, we will safeguard our freedoms, 
We will uphold our heritage. We will protect our Constitution. And we will make America stronger, prouder, safer, and greater than ever, ever, ever before. To all of our incredible friends at the NRA, thank you for fighting the good fight. It is an honor to fight by your side. And it's an honor to be with everyone in this giant hall today. I am with you. I will never, ever let you down. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. Thank you. Thank you.